white horse, uh, which uh, it's really twofold, uh, the way that I, my understanding of it, it, uh, it represents the Antichrist spirit uh, and uh, system. It's going to um, come out, and uh, it, all, it also represents deception and false peace. Uh, he's going to take over everything by flattery, the Bible says. Uh, he's not going to take it over with an iron fist, but people is going to give him control. Uh, the world's going to hand it over to him. Uh, and uh, he's going to be—he's going to be one of the slickest talkers that you ever seen. Uh, and uh, he's going to have a—he's um, going to have a false prophet along with him. It's going to be able to work all kinds of lying, deceiving miracles, and that's going to—that's going to cause a lot of people to follow after because there's going to be all kind of miracles that's performed. And as we—as we talked about that. You know, it doesn't matter, folks, what kind of demonstration you see uh, in somebody's ministry. You've got you, you've got to you've got to check the fruits out, amen, and see what's being preached, amen. Uh, that's very very important. And uh, we got into some stuff Sunday night. Lord, as I told everybody, I didn't realize what I was getting into, and we and we we cut it off. And Lord, Lord led me that way. We're, we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, get involved in that this coming Sunday morning, if uh, unless the Lord directs a different way. But uh, uh, there's uh, all kind of deception that's going on everywhere now, and I I will not be a minister to tell you. You turn off your television sets completely, but you better take heed to who you listen to. Amen. Uh, I wouldn't let I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't let somebody uh, come in my house and sit down and start taking God's name in vain and cussing every other word or drunk. And I'm not going to turn on my TV and hear a bunch of lying a lies from the gates of hell being spread across my house neither. Hallelujah. I don't care how pretty a face they look and how, how big of a congregation that they seem to be teaching or preaching to. Amen. That, that's, not, that's, not, that's not the, uh, uh, the issue of what's right and wrong. Matter of fact, amen, compared to what everybody else is doing, Jesus said, fear not. He didn't say big flock. He said little flock. Hallelujah. Now, there's going to be millions that's going to be around the throne of God. But compared to everybody else that's going to be left, uh, left out, it's going to be a few. Few in comparison. Um, when, when this thing begins to unfold, they're going to start riding out. Things are going to start happening uh, and uh, like, like you've never seen. Uh, and last uh, last week we talked about uh, the red horse uh, and uh, the red horse rider, and um, I'm not going to uh, uh, reteach last week's lesson. You've got the handout. I will read the scripture involved there, in Revelation six three and four. Uh, and when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, "Come and see." And there went out another horse that was red. 
and power was given to him that set their own to take peace from the earth. It don't take a rocket science to figure out something that takes peace away from the earth is war. You know, so the red horse represents war and bloodshed. And uh, it's going to be on a, on a level unprecedented with anything we've ever had before. The kind of war that this red horse rider is going to start bringing, it's going to be worldwide. Amen. It, 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 it's going to be also, see, we've been, we've been blessed in America. World War I was fought on other ground. World War II fought elsewhere. The Korean War fought elsewhere. Vietnam elsewhere. But I'm telling you, right now, it's going to, the blood's going to flow the streets of the United States. And it's going to be just like what we've been seeing happening up here in Missouri. Uh, with all the looting and, and the bloodshed. And they're predicting. Uh, let's see. If I give you this name, let's see, uh, uh, Abdul... Uh, what is uh, the basketball player? Yeah, the ball. Yeah. Uh, he. Everybody has been weighing in on all this stuff up there, and all the writing and everything that's been going on, and the uh, and the violence in the streets due to uh, this young black man uh, and the situation uh, uh, that happened up there, and. Uh, this man, well known in, in, in our country and everything, uh, it, it let me know that they, they they're they're waiting looking for it. He says, and this this was his words. He says, the coming race war in this nation. Uh, he said it's going to be more about class than than color. Uh, he said, he said uh, the. Uh, Everybody on the poor side of the tracks that ain't had nothing, you know, and, and the rich been getting richer and the poor getting, getting poor. He said the day's coming. He said they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna do it in, in every street of every, uh, 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 in America. And if they ain't got something, we got a little something, they're going to come try to get something. You know, and this is all biblical base. The Bible says that lawlessness would prevail. There would be no law. You know, well, they didn't have no law up here when this happened, they did it. I mean, and that's just a little taste. Uh, and so I, w I want you to understand when we talk about war, we're not just talking about soldiers going off somewhere on a battlefield, but we're, gonna, we're talking about here what's going to happen in Revelation when this red horse rider, blood's going to run the streets of the United States. Unprecedented. Amen. Like what we've never seen before. And it, this stuff is coming closer than what we ever realized. Then, after the war, the black horse. Uh, and I'm going to just read the scripture about that. Revelation 6, 5 and 6, that's page 32. Page number 32 on your handout. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And behold, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And notice, I just happened to see he's got that, uh, got that up there. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, 
and see thou now hurt not the oil and wine. This is, is representing worldwide hunger and famine and food shortages that's going to be like people has never uh, seen. When the third seal is broken, a black horse is going to gallop forth. Black in the scripture is symbolic of plague, like conditions that is brought on by world famine. Even America will no longer be known as a land of plenty. The scales in his hands, the scales in his hand uh, of the writer represents rationing of food and food products. There we got some here probably recall the rationing took place back in World War II. You know, they was rationing in this country. But what this is talking about, brother, it's, it's going to be far worse than that. Uh, far worse than that. Um, and it's going to, uh, a closer look at the text will explain the severity of this pestilence and how it will drive prices of everything through uh, the, the roof. Uh, now, uh, he said a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. Now, as I said last week, and I'm, I'm kind of I'm going over this again for the benefit of those who wasn't here, a penny can be misleading if you attempt to define a penny in relation to the American penny, our currency. This was a Roman penny that he was talking about, which was not a copper coin, but a silver coin, actually called in their language a denarius. That's what they called it. And it's worth approximately 15 to 20 cents of our currency. In the time of Christ, it was considered the average day's pay for general labor. So, uh, everybody remembers the story, Matthew 20 and 2, uh, uh, where Jesus talked about, uh, where he gave a parable, and when they had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. See, in that day, a penny uh, was uh, considered a day's wages back then. Uh, and uh, the aftermath of this black horse will hit so hard that people will have to day a whole, pay a whole day's pay to buy one loaf of bread. This is why many scholars predict the cost of bread in those days will top out somewhere between $75 and $100 a loaf. Think about that. Going to the grocery store, if you can find any on the shelf, you're going to be paying $75 and $100 a loaf. You know. I mean, I, I, remember, I remember the first time that I went, uh, went to Haiti uh, uh, with Brother Penrod and going into a grocery store over there. And then I, I mean, and this was this was back this was back in the nineties. And I looked at a box, I looked at a box of Cheerios, and everything they have already, they, uh, everything that they get has to, has to be shipped in from some somewhere. And back then, they the price mark for a small box of Cheerios in the nineties and eighties was was like uh, sixteen, seventeen dollars. Tremendously. But brother, ain't nobody turned their back on nobody as hard as America turned their back on God. Amen. 
going to hit hard. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the only hope we got is in Christ to be a part of his, his bride and his church. Now, the fourth seal, the bottom of page 32, uh, the pale horse rider followed by hell. Uh, Revelation 6 and 8. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Amen. Uh, after worldwide famine hits, it's going to kick in all kinds of pestilence and people are going to die by the million. This pale horse, uh, his name is death. And hell followed with him. Now, the pale horse is a symbol of death that will ride out on the trail of the red and the black horses and will take his prey because of the wars and famines along with the beast of the earth. Over one billion people will die. Over one billion people, fourth part of the earth, will, will die and this, this, we're not talking about easy death here, folks. We're not talking about easy, easy death. There's another writer that is overlooked by many who is a, is a companion of death, and that is hell. I want, and out of everybody that I've heard do teaching, the majority, I've never heard him bring this up. But Revelation 6 and 8, uh, notice, and you got on screen, So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades, and he's got the New King James Version, followed with him. Hell followed with him. Okay, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to get into this and talk about this for just a little bit. When we talk about death, the understanding is fairly sure. But as for hell, the meaning is not always the same in every passage you read. Um, now, i I taken all the time and I did all this uh, uh, research and study and put this down and you can take this and you can go with it and run with it and do some... Bible study, and there's a whole lot of stuff you can get out of it. The word hell is derived from the Saxon word helen, which means to cover. Now, maybe you ain't never thought about the word hell, about covering. People talk about hell and think about, uh, about flames, but... Not every, all the time in the Bible, when the Bible uses the word hell, it's talking about fire. The, the word hell itself means to cover. Hence, the original thought was a covered or invisible place. In the authorized version of 1611, there were four different words that were all translated hell, 
into the English language. Now, if you have the original King James Bible, and unless that Bible is a good study Bible, it's got some good footnotes, there's going to be several times in the New Testament you're going to run across the word hell, and you might not be exactly sure what what you're talking about here. Now, most good study Bibles has footnotes or, or whatever that... Um, uh, will let you know what he's referring to because King James used the same word hell but in the original there were different different words and they all refer to different things. Now in the Old Testament the word is Sheol occurring in the Old Testament 65 times. This word Sheol is derived from a root word meaning to ask or demand. It is translated as hell in the King James Version 31 times. The place of disembodied spirits. The inhabitants of Sheol are the congregation of the dead. I've got a bunch of scriptures here and I ain't going to take the time you would just have to look these up. As I said, uh, if, if it's interesting to you and you want to l- learn a little bit of the Bible about it, take these scriptures and, and, and look, at, uh, look them up. It's also translated grave 31 times. So sometimes when the word hell is used in the Bible, it refers to the grave. Exactly. Uh, You've got, you've got to be willing to be uh, interested enough in the Word of God to know what you're reading. Amen. You know, I, I've heard people, and I don't, I don't know, I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you the years I've been studying. I couldn't tell you how many times I've read the Word of God all the way through. I've ran across a few people bragging, well, you know, I read, I, I, I read through the Bible uh, every year. Well, that's, that's fine and good, but... You go through it and you read through it, but did you comprehend it? Did it get planted in you? Hallelujah. Do, do, do you know what it, what it means? Hallelujah. Taking the time to study things out is more important than reading through five chapters in a night. Amen. If the Word of God is the Word of God, and it's as, it's as important as what we, we say it is, then we need to make sure that we got a good comprehension of it. Hallelujah. Amen. This sister back here is kind of kind of kind of like like myself. I mean, she come out of a, come come out of a different uh, uh, denomination and and didn't know heads and tails about what truth was. You know what the real truth was. Uh, I, only, I only knew what somebody told me, and I never checked it out. Amen. You know, the Bible says study to show thyself approved unto God. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, you know, I'm here, I'm the shepherd of this congregation, and God God has has set me here uh, uh, to to shepherd and, and, and lead people. But you don't take things just because Brother Sammy said it. You check it out. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm a man. I can I can get off on my own. 
strive to be. I want to be. You know. But there's there's been times that that God has used other people to, hey, Brother Samuel, maybe you better look at this over here. You know. And uh, sometimes, Brother James, people's pride is not, you know, they, you know. And somebody asks me a question about the Word of God, I'm going to do my best to answer, but if I don't know, I'm going to tell you I don't know. I've got to study it out. You know, I'd rather tell you that and try to come up with something off the top of my head. You know, uh, let's, let's get, on, get on down through here. Sheol is described as deep, dark, and with bars. The dead go down to it. You'll find this in Numbers and Ezekiel. Okay? Now, another word, and you've seen that a while ago. It was up on the screen. In the New Testament is Hades, the Greek equivalent of Sheol, and occurs 11 times in the New Testament. Now, the reason why I'm going through this is because of this pale horse rider uh, said that... uh, the one that set on him was death, and hell followed with him. Uh, I want you to understand, uh, you know, uh, I'll get a little understanding about hell itself. Um, it represents the unseen world of the dead. Ten times the KJV, King James, translates it hell. One time it translates it grave. And I got several scriptures there that I've written down, and you can look up and study. Now, right here is where Jehovah Witness can really get twisted up. A lot of folks who have read the Bible, but they hadn't studied the Bible. Because they'll bring out, well, hell just. There ain't no such thing as a hell. You know, hell is Hades. And according to that, that's the place of the party spirits. That's where, where, where they go. Uh, and uh, it's the grave. Uh, but there's another word. There's another word. And this is, where, this is the word that people who don't know God needs to be concerned about. Gehenna. I'm not, I'm not saying nothing new. To, uh, to Brother Art back there, I can see he, 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 he knows about what I'm going to say before I say it, I believe. I can see it on his face. Gehenna, the Greek word to signify fiery torment. People say, well, you're going to die and that's going to be it. Jehovah wouldn't say you're dead and go back to the dust. You're going to the ground, that's going to be it. But folks, the Bible says people who go to hell, the Gehenna, the which does, which is the fire. It says they're going to be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Now, imagine if you will. Let's say we're fixing to have. A memorial service up there, and we got we got a casket laid out up here, and somebody's laying in this casket. They're dead; their body's dead. Now, 
somebody arny enough, hateful enough, you can walk up to that person, that corpse laying in that in that casket. You can take a hammer and hit him in the head, they ain't gonna feel nothing. Take a knife and cut cut him. <laughs> yeah, I got a I I got a, a way of words, sister. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There, what I'm trying to get at, there's no way you can torment a dead body. Amen. They can't be tormented. Uh, the Bible says those without God are going to be cast into Gehenna, and they're going to be tormented day and night. That means there's some consciousness there. There's consciousness there. People are going to know. They're going to feel. Hallelujah. You see, even I, I ran across some some people who've been who've been baptized in Jesus' name uh, who uh, don't have understanding about what death is. They say, you know, oh well, the Bible says the dead know nothing. Well, they get, they get uh, you know, when you start talking. About the Bible, they say, you just, when you die, you, you're like a dog. Yeah. Dead don't know nothing. And I, and, and I say, that's, that's true. The Bible does say the dead know, know nothing, but, but you've got to understand what's dead. My body is the only thing that's going to die by me. Right. And when I when my spirit leaves my body, my, my body ain't gonna know nothing. But my spirit's gonna be forever somewhere. Hallelujah. And if you're a child of God to be absent from the body is to be what? All right. So and then there's another word, Tartarus, a Greek term that is used as a prison. I'll throw this in here to let you know. There was a lot of angels that fell with the devil that's been locked up. Waiting for judgment day. It's found only in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4 to describe the holding cell of certain fallen angelic beings. All right. So the fourth seal. The pale horse rider. Death and hell followed. Now the fifth seal. The fifth seal are the modern, modern saints. Men and women whose life will be sniffed out because of their testimony and refusing to take the uh, Antichrist mark in the system. Revelation 6, verses 9 through 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Notice this. Then a white robe was given to each, each of them, 
And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. That one verse alone strikes out completely everybody going around telling telling the people in the church, you don't have to worry about nothing. There ain't nobody nobody going to be killed or be tortured or be persecuted as a part of the body of Christ. Hey, I ain't talking about in the future. It's happening right now. So, this whole thing about about Christianity, it all it, it's always been linked with suffering. Apostle Paul said, "He who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin." Now, I'm out. folks, you know. But if you are honest, you got to agree with me that the church is not worth the people. There's going to be 
Mm-hmm. $64. All right. So that would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea, you know, about what, uh, uh, there again, what a loaf of bread is going to be costing people back in, back in those days. Uh, we, are, we are entering in this time right now, and we're just beginning. It's on, the Bible, Jesus said it's only, it's only going to be the beginning of sorrow. Just the beginning of sorrows. Uh, this verse lets us know that there will be others who will suffer death for the cause of Christ. Many have already done so, and their souls are waiting for God to avenge them during the judgment that will come during the final days of the tribulation. Uh, six seal. Six seal is going to be cataclysmic destruction. Revelation 6, 12 through 17. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, 
and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide on us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? My opinion and my feeling, what I I feel like, that this great earthquake and all of these things that's going to start happening with uh, only and the mountain's going to shake and fall and crumble. Only nuclear war can bring about the destruction described when the sixth seal is broken. There are scriptures which describe the heat that is caused by such a blast. Zechariah 14 and 12. And this shall be the plague which the Lord will strike all the people who fall against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets, and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. This, this is a perfect illustration of an atomic weapon going off. Second Peter 3 and 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Second Peter 3 and 12. Looking for and hastening the coming of the great day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. What all will be included with this? It's going to be. It's going to amount to a total cataclysmic destruction, uh, and this is when God brings the final judgment upon Satan's kingdom uh, and what it's done. And then the seventh seal, when it's open, it's simply going to be a period of silence in heaven. After all this has happened, all these horses ride out, then a brief interlude while God is sealing his servants before his plagues fall on the earth. Um, the seven years uh, is divided into two parts of three and a half years each. Uh, the first three and a half years, it's going to seem like it's going to be a time of peace, prosperity, while the world government system takes, takes over. But then at the middle of the those seven years is going to be these plagues. I do not believe that the church will be here during the plagues. I think they will be called up. The plagues are going to be to fall upon those 